Hi guys, welcome back to another episode. Today I am super excited and super honored to have two special new guests. They are young baby mamas. <laughs> Can you guys uh, pick an animal as you like for yourself and explain like why you pick that animal? Yeah, to introduce yourself. Sure. Um. So I picked koala because um koalas carry their babies. Around, so I thought that would be fitting. So yeah, hi, I'm Koala. Hi, <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> oh yes, so I picked otter because um, I recently saw a really cute Instagram video where there was like an otter carrying their little baby in the water, and it was the cutest thing ever. They were just floating around, and she was just cuddling her little baby, oh, and that's, that's what I want to do all the time with oh, my baby. That's so cute. Yeah, your babies are like so cute, and it's like such a blessing to have. Them in this world, <laughs> go you guys <laughs> for birthing them. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. I wanted to bring you guys onto the show because Mother's Day is coming up, and I just thought it would be so like perfect and well fitting to have like to talk about like mothers, Mother's Day and motherhood with friends of mine who are young moms, Otter and Koala. Are you guys ready for the first question? Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> okay. What is the best parenting advice you guys heard? Because I'm sure you guys have a real like good Christian supportive community, and I'm sure like you got like advice here and there. Which one really was really like, oh, that's actually so useful or helpful. So I know a couple who. They're an older couple now and they're retired and their kids are a lot older, but they had 11 kids. <gasps> and so when I remember catching up with them while we were pre while I was pregnant and I was just like, give me the advice. How did you guys do it? How did you do 11 kids? Yeah. And obviously they had lots of tips and tricks and um, they shared a lot of different things. But I guess looking back at her time with her kids, she actually said that the most important thing for her looking back is actually just to love her kids and to be praying for them. And that was the best tip that she gave us which is like hey like at the end of the day there's a lot of things you can do lots of different things you can try different parenting philosophies but the best thing you can do is to love Jesus first mm -hmm. um, and as you love Jesus you'll love your kids with everything and just mm -hmm. to be constantly praying for them mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's stuck with me in some of the hard times mm -hmm. um, especially becoming new mums and being overwhelmed mm -hmm. with so much mm -hmm. different information about how to be parents it can be easy to be overwhelmed but just to keep the main thing the main yeah. thing love and prayer yeah mm. like how often do you have to pray <laughs> how often are we talking like? i don't even know my prayers very good my prayers are like please jesus let him sleep <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one that's, that's, no that is a good one i think that's probably the one that um sticks with me as well um and admittedly i think um it's not like we spend hours praying or at least I don't um <laughs> but yeah just as we were talking like before we hit record um like singing over Levi is often I guess how I pray over him because yeah there are so many great songs with such great lyrics yeah. um and it's helpful I think as mums to have those words to help us to pray because mm. often we can't think of we are brain dead like, yeah honestly like <laughs> yeah. so brain dead the other night like I went to like a games night and we watched this like thing explaining how the game works 
and like 20% of that registered and I was like yep like I'm definitely a new mum like (laughs) actually technically scientifically our brains shrink during pregnancy and they don't yeah and they still remain a bit shrunken until about six months after oh. the baby comes out there you go so our brains are, <laughs> i don't know our brains are actually physically smaller whoa yeah I didn't like know that. pregnancy brain mom brain yeah real thing. yeah <laughs> wow i did not know that uh when you go into the world of thinking about parenting um there's kind of two big philosophies that come up and i don't think either of them are necessarily right or wrong but generally the two philosophies are either like real child directed style of parenting where everything is kind of focused on the child and the child leads a lot of what you do um, and the other side is the parent directed style um, parenting and obviously if you go into either extreme they can be very unhealthy mm-hmm. and so it's like finding a good balance that works for you for us for me and my husband uh, maybe more for him because I think he's more into this than I am mm-hmm. he's definitely more for the parent directed um, style parenting and what that really means is um, even though like our baby boy, we love him, and he is definitely like the one of the greatest joys and highlights of our lives. Um, like he can't be our everything. Um, like we we put him on like a routine, and he kind of follows like our schedule. And it's it's not that we don't love him, and we don't want to just do things his way, but it's so that he understands that he's not the center of the world. Um, my husband's constantly been reminding me that after having a kid it can definitely take a toll on your marriage and it's just being reminded that like our marriage and our relationship with each other still needs to come first just like how our relationship with God needs to come first um yeah we need to be loving each other first so that we can do a good job of taking care of our our kid um yeah and so I'm not saying that the child directed approach means that they don't you know marriages suffer not at all but I think it's the parent directed philosophy kind of works better for us in terms of thinking about well then we do want to do things like have a routine and a structure or um, do sleep training at a certain age and stuff like that. Mm. Um, yeah, so that was, that was one piece of advice that I never really thought about so much until I had a baby. I was mm. like, oh, there's a lot of different yeah. views and philosophies out there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting how there's two types. Child is like... The child, leader. Yeah, yeah, child the leader. is the leader or parents are the like, leader. Like, when yeah. I say child, the extreme side of child is the leader, is kind of like, oh, the baby will sleep when he wants to sleep. Or oh, he will, right. you know, he directs mm. the timing of things. I'm not mm. saying all child-directed people are like that, but mm. sometimes they tend to be more like that. Um, and then on the extreme of the parent-directed is that they don't listen to their baby's cues at all and they just do things their way. And that can be dangerous if you're not actually mm. still watching your baby and understanding their needs so mm. i think it's obviously important to have a like find a good balance yeah um yeah and also it might depend on like different stages of the child mm-hmm. like the age of the child and as the kid get, gets older you might be able to be more like structured or like yeah in the newborn yeah. stage you're just surviving there is really no <laughs> it's just yeah. survive mode yeah like i guess our work our babies are at now is when it's like kind of um, when you can start thinking about okay, how do we prioritize our marriage? How do we, um, yeah, because yeah, yeah, the first three months are definitely it's hard. Like mm. even the just the way ones? they look is like they're like so alien to the world. Just even the way they are physically, like you mm. can tell that they've been in the womb because they're all curled <laughs> up and like they just 
don't know what to do with all the space around them. Oh, um, yeah. But like three months in, like they're a bit more like aware of the world. They're not quite as like alien looking, <laughs> or the world isn't as alien to them either. But yeah, but yeah, thanks, thanks, Anna. You got my back. I, I was totally having a mum brain moment. <laughs> I, like, I think I'm having mum brain moment. I think <laughs> I have mum brain moments all the time. <laughs> not even a mum. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next cool. question. Yeah. Okay. So the next question is the opposite, actually. Like, what's the worst advice you got or heard? I think we briefly <laughs> talked about this before. How, like, uh, really? if you're a mom, you can be a little selfish. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. And you were like, mm, I don't know about that advice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think um, it's easy to kind of be like, I just gave birth, so I can do whatever I want, or like my like get everyone else to, you know, serve me or like, um, and and it's not that you shouldn't take care of yourself because you really should. Like you are very much like recovering, um, you know, emotionally, like mentally. Physically, physically spiritually like you need to like reorient yourself in so many ways and like you're a new you have a new role now um but at the same time like it's not an excuse for you to like just you know have everything your way mm-hmm. <laughs> um I don't actually remember talking about this with you before but I guess I did <laughs> um yeah that one just like came up to my mind Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's why i like formed this question because you guys must have heard so many like different kind of parenting Mm -hmm. advice good ones and bad ones Mm -hmm. so out of all the ones you heard which one were you like "Mm, that's that's not that good this advice is not necessarily bad it actually is really good advice but it's Mm. super annoying Mm. and every time i hear it i'm just like oh i know (laughs) so this is probably one of the most common um i think advice that most people give to new moms where they're like sleep when the baby sleeps and it is great advice yeah of course i want to sleep when the baby sleeps um there's a couple of issues with that number one baby might not sleep therefore you can't sleep Um, number two baby might be sleeping but then you can't actually fall asleep because i don't know for some reason your brain's like haha i'm gonna stay awake right now (laughs) instead of letting you sleep yeah um number three there's just lots of stuff you want to do to get done i don't know like obviously you can't ignore the chores and stuff like that and Mm. totally encourage you to but sometimes it does get to a point where you're like okay i gotta i run out of dishes i need to do something yeah 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 yeah. if your baby bottle feeding then like you've got bottles to clean you might need Mm. to prepare the next bottle you need to sterilize Um, them yeah um like yeah um this kid doesn't take a bottle so I haven't experienced that but yeah I have like heard that it's hard to sleep when the baby sleeps Mm -hmm. if if you're bottle feeding because there's just so much to like prep um before the next next tantrum (laughs) (laughs) next cycle of eat wake sleep yeah I did way too much Googling <laughs> post-pregnancy. I think there was just so much unknown and mm. newness where every time my baby did something yeah. that wasn't quite fitting what I thought was normal, I'd Google it and be overwhelmed. I do like a lot of mental comparison as well where I'm like, oh, 
for instance, I'd compare my baby to Levi. Because <laughs> I think Levi's temperament is way more chill than my baby. My baby's a bit more, like, fussy and um, cries a bit more. And I've realized now, it took me a little bit to come to terms with, actually, that's totally fine. Like, yeah. neither baby is better or worse. It's yeah. just different babies. Yeah. They like, have different ways of expressing themselves. Yeah. Um, so this is not really advice. This is more like, just don't do this. This isn't even wrong. <laughs> don't get stuck in the late night Research. googling that might not always be helpful mm. um and don't compare yourself to other moms mm. that's, that's great oh, yeah that's great yeah especially like our generation eh? like mm. with social media oh like with gosh, being yeah. millennial moms and like i guess the next generation will be like gen z moms or whatever and it'll be even <gasps> worse so weird. but mm. like instagram and like legit there's so many mum accounts mm-hmm. and like yeah. it's like pretty tempting to like compare um yourself and your baby with like other Mm-hmm. babies and mums and their parenting styles and mm. um their aesthetic nurseries <laughs> oh like, my gosh yeah um but yeah each baby is different and like every family is different so everything it's all gonna look so different so don't compare yourselves but maybe there's something helpful about like what someone else is doing you can take that and like try it out but yeah there's like no reason to um yeah, like I think it's really helpful Stress. for mums to come together and talk and share, mm-hmm. you know, and be able to cry yeah, about your experience this, yeah. and you know that kind of yeah. stuff together. Um, but it, it is definitely the the mental comparison game that mm-hmm. is unhelpful. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, oh, why can't I be more like them, or why can't my baby be more like their baby? <laughs> That's the unhelpful part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is just like a spontaneous question, but mm. have you guys ever cried yet? Um, uh, like what? Every day. <laughs> but like, why? Why? What? What are those tears? Are they like tears of like frustration or tears of like loneliness or like why are you crying? Uh, <laughs> why are you guys crying? <laughs> I think the first time I cried was like, um, maybe like five days or like a week after birth, mm-hmm. um, and it coincided with. I think that's also when like, um, as the person who just gave birth like your hormones like crash or something and like you have like the baby blues Uh, but also for me that coincided with me um going to the emergency room or emergency department um again and like um it was just like hard to see my baby there even though um I was there because of me and my body but like I had to take um baby koala with me obviously because I had to feed him Um, but that whole situation Plus the hormones and like my parents were gonna be flying back to Queenstown so they're they were oh. gonna be leaving soon so like all of that oh, was yeah. like ah yeah so that was when I like cried the most I think oh, really and like mm, um, I should have been there <laughs> and you should have like, called me <laughs> but was, I mean like I was really like grateful still like especially just thankful for Henry and like um, my mum was still around so she was like cooking up food for me to eat at the mm. hospital which was good and um because hospital food is just oh like it's just like soulless has no love <laughs> <laughs> like, no warmth yeah you need all the love after giving birth yeah. yeah after that i think i don't really remember crying but there were definitely like moments of like frustration where it's like man like um you feel like everything is on you especially i guess once um your husband or partner goes back to work it's like 
man, like, you just you feel like baby. you have no break and, like, your husband might, like, do or say something really small and, like, not that, like, big of a deal, but, like, it just feels like such a big deal to you. Mm. Um, so I remember feeling, like, frustrated, uh, but I think, I don't remember crying since that, yeah, that time after, like, when I was in emergency. Yeah. I wish I could say I only cried one major cry, but I didn't, like, my first big no, it's cry. it's good that we have, like, two different personalities. Yeah. My first big cry was, like, probably one day after giving birth, um, and that was, I think it was after the drugs had worn off, and, um, because I had an emergency C-section, because I had, um, gotten quite sick during the labor, and so they had to rush to get my baby out, because they didn't want the infection to, um, you know, to hurt him um and I guess I hadn't mentally and emotionally prepared at all for a c-section I was like mm. had set my eyes on having a, a nice natural birth and yeah. all this kind of stuff and so um yeah so I think it was one day after um I'd given birth um and had done one night with my baby crying all night and my parents had come and they're trying to be really helpful but it was just everything was just feeling really stressful mm. and then by the time the drugs wore off I actually realized that I just had major surgery and so I couldn't really move I couldn't mm. I couldn't I remember crying and each heave of my like as I was crying it like hurt my c-section so yeah. much that it made me cry even more this was this like combo of like I'm in pain emotionally, but as I cry, I'm in pain physically, and it, oh, yeah. it just kind of set me off. Um, yeah, worst combo. Oh, it was, so I had a, for me, the baby blues, so baby blues is something that um, happens to basically most moms post-baby, it's just, it's a combination of just the fact that you've had a baby, your hormones are all out of whack, it's mm. still normalizing, and so for a lot of moms, they will feel quite low, mm. um, and some for some moms, it can develop into like postpartum depression or anxiety, which is... Um, yeah, just a really hard thing for moms to go through. But I feel like I was hit by the baby blues quite hard. Mm. Um, and particularly, I struggled a lot with like anxiety. And so a lot of my tears happened <laughs> because I was just so anxious all the time. Um, I remember, yeah, just the first couple of weeks to a month of having my baby. Um, and especially in the first couple of weeks, I don't think the the blues ever subsided it was kind of like I had a baby but there was just this feeling of constant dread um that was just constantly there I didn't have any joy I couldn't enjoy having my baby I was getting more and more sleep deprived and every time things didn't go the way that I expected it just would sit me off and I'd be crying mm. um and I also had like huge separation anxiety with my husband. So the oh. thought of him having to leave me or to go back to work or to go anywhere, um, I just, it, it triggered a lot of my anxiety. And I think the big thing of my anxiety was a lie that I was telling myself, which was, yeah. I can't do this. Yeah, mm. I'm not cut out to be a mom. This is too hard. What have I done? I've lost my freedom. But it was just this big lie going over. I just mm. kept circling in my brain. You can't do this. You can't do this. You're not cut out to do this. Mm. Um, and it definitely took a while for me to get over that emotionally and mentally. Um, yeah. Part of it was just naturally, hormonally, as my hormones leveled off. Mm. But also part of it was just me having to just grow in confidence and being a mom. Mm. Um, I do remember that my prayer life in that time was really sweet. I just remember mm. like just feeling so weak that I knew that I physically couldn't do this without God. And it was definitely one of those moments where I was like, I, I just can't, like I have 
to rely on you and I have to trust and believe that you are good and you're in control mm. and that you you can help me through this. Um, it also grew my appreciation for mums. Like honestly, I was like, how oh, how did yeah. how did mums do this? Yeah. I think of all the mums in my life, all yeah. my friends that are mums. I'm like, I can't believe they all went through this. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I yeah, respect I'm for so, them. My I'm respect so much for them. Just like, yeah, went no, up. definitely. Like, I remember. So after like having my big cry, um, in like day five or day seven of um postpartum. Like, every time I thought about my mum or just, like, mums in general, I was, like, like just choking up and, oh, like, yeah. wanting to cry. But, like, I didn't... I, I was just, like, oh, man, like, oh, mum. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, for, like, ages. Because you know what they went through. Yeah, and just... I don't know. It's just, like, the mums. Yeah. <laughs> go hug your mum. And it's, like, yeah. literally every, pa- every person I saw afterwards, I was, like, go hug your mums, guys. They did... An amazing thing to have you. Everyone listening to the <laughs> podcast, go hug your mom. Yeah. It's Mother's Day, amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to all the moms out yeah. there. <laughs> go moms. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Even You're baby right. koalas, like, yay. He agrees. <laughs> but what's like the happiest moment or like biggest joy? Or like a really happy moment you guys had with the baby. I'll jump in. For me, biggest joy is the moment that um, my boy started learning how to smile. Um, oh. So that happens developmentally around, uh, what is it, seven, six or seven weeks, I think. Oh. Anyways, I, I didn't care if it was just a developmental thing or they were just mimicking you. But the moment that he learned how to smile at me. Um, yeah, recently he's been doing this really cute thing where... Um, sometimes when I'm breastfeeding him, they start smiling because they can see like eyes are locked onto you, yeah. and then they come off, and then they just start yeah. smiling at you. And um, my boy did this thing where he starts laughing, so he's just yeah. learned how to laugh. I don't oh. know where it come from, but he just look at you and smile and laugh and cool, and then oh, my heart just melts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so yeah. sweet. Oh, that's definitely a big highlight. Yeah. Um, I think another one that comes to mind is like when I see my husband with mm, baby koala yes. and they're like, goals, you know, goals. yeah. And it's just like, like, I don't know. You didn't think that you could love your husband more, but then like you see that and you're like, ah, like your heart just melts. And your husband really loves his koala. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's He's so pretty, proud. It's so, yeah. It's pretty cute. Yeah. Like I legit went to koala's house and it was the first time I met baby Koala. And Koala's husband was like, isn't he just the perfect baby? And I'm like, oh, yeah, he is. But he's like, he's just the perfect Asian baby. Like, hyping, hyping baby Koala up so much. And I was just like, my husband's like, so good. your baby, well, our baby is the cutest baby ever. And I'm like, um, that's a really strong statement. <laughs> I think he's super cute. I don't know if he's the cutest baby. But if you talk to him, he'd be like, no, objectively, our baby's the cutest. Yeah, objectively. Yeah, our cutest baby. Yeah, this is so weird of me. I personally find that attractive as well. Like, you know, like when their dad is like with their like little daughter and they're just like <laughs> by themselves, like hanging out like in a, in a cafe or something like that. Like, I just find that so like, oh, that's so, that's so like goals for me, like in the future. Like, mm-hmm. I hope my husband just like does that with my baby. Like, yeah, daddy <laughs> the, dates. Yeah, 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 daddy dates. Yeah, <laughs> it's super cute. 
That was so great. Uh, I think if we can move on to the next question, I'm not sure if you guys thought about this yet, but like, have you guys ever thought about like public schools versus private schools versus homeschool? For me, like I've only been to public schools, mm-hmm. so like I'm quite fine with it. But I think that like I understand why people like homeschooling as well. And yeah,、mm. what do you guys think? Like, have you guys thought about schools? I'm、um, a little bit, and I I will say like I'm definitely way more open to homeschooling than I was pre marriage. Like pre marriage, like I don't know, like when I was just in high school and uni,、mm-hmm. um, I thought homeschooling was like kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. And、same. like I, I was like,、that. why would you do that? <laughs>、um, but now I'm like, oh, I can see the why you might choose to homeschool, and like. Especially the younger years, I'm like, oh, I think it'll be quite cool to homeschool my child and like be there, like、mm-hmm. when they, you know, learn new things and like the first time they discover how to like do something or like I don't know, it'll be cool to actually like be there for it. Because、mm-hmm. um, if you think about how many hours your kids are at school, that's so many hours you don't get to spend with、mm-hmm. your kid and like. They're learning so many things and trying new things and yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to, but if I could, I think I would consider homeschooling、um, baby koala for at least the first few years.、I'd、like to think we wouldn't like move house so that we can be in the zone for the like、oh, right school. Like, I I yeah, I yeah. don't want to be that parent. A lot of Korean parents do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I I don't want to be that parent. But like, who knows?、Um, but I think it would also depend on like whether Levite is, or it would also be dependent on whether baby koala is quite like academic, or if he has like zero interest in like studying. Then like I wouldn't bother putting him into like a super academic school.、Mm. Um, Like, he could be like a、yeah. sports star. He yeah, he could be into rugby. Who, Who knows? knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll be the first Asian Kiwi rugby player <laughs> to represent. I think same for me. Hadn't really ever considered homeschooling before because I also went to a public school and was pretty fine with it、mm. um, until yeah.、Uh, Getting married and starting to think about the future, and I think the biggest benefits for homeschooling is definitely continue to build that relationship with your child,、um, mm. and you can also just move at their pace developmentally for you know helping to engage with them and teach them and things like that.、Um, in terms of the whole public school private school thing,、um, yeah, it, it's. I feel like some parents get worried about sending their kids to public school because they don't want them to mix with the wrong crowds or、yeah. have bad friends. And then,、mm-hmm. I guess simultaneously with some private schools, they want to give their child the best schooling and teaching. And I don't know. I'm hoping I don't turn into a helicopter mom. Like, I'm like <laughs> helicopter mom. Yeah, like you know, always like hovering over their child, like you know, making sure that they're like, you know、um, doing the, the right things. The K drama, Sky Castle. Ah,、uh, yes. Yeah, yes. you know, <laughs> obviously that's a very extreme depiction of helicopter moms. But like for right now, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna be super anal about their schooling、yeah. and their development that way. But I don't know things could change when I get to that、mm. stage. Obviously, I do want my child to make friends with good kids. Like I don't want the fear of them mixing with the wrong crowd to stop me from sending them to public school. I think like、yeah. going to a public school is actually a great 
uh, gospel opportunity to befriend, you know, other families, um, to be able to actually mingle with people you might not normally mingle with. But like, you know, your kid might get into the wrong crowd regardless of whether they're in private school or public school and mm-hmm. they might do bad things or like whatever yeah. regardless. Yeah. So it's more, I think when it comes to like values and stuff, like you got to do your best to, yeah, mm-hmm. do your best to be teaching that at home. And yeah, I mean, pray that they make good friends. <laughs> I, I had a pretty... That reminds me of yeah. the verse, the Proverbs, like... Mm-hmm. Pick your friends wisely or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's probably something like that in the Bible. <laughs> or like a good friend is better than a brother or something. Or like something along those lines. Like, yeah. yeah. Last one is just like, how would you monitor your child's reading? Reading? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's so tricky because like now that like brings up like i used to read a lot like yeah. primary school intermediate high school like every summer i'd get a stack of books from the library mm-hmm. and read it like mm-hmm. um yeah. and just yeah and like there's probably some books that my parents probably like didn't know i was reading i mean they didn't really yeah. look at what books i was reading Same, yeah. um and i'm like would i mind if my kids were reading those books i don't know like I don't, I think. What will, will the children read in the future? You know, <laughs> will physical books still be <laughs> true? I think I'd be a bit like hyper aware of what my kids are reading and like watching and stuff throughout primary school, but then after primary school, I think there's I don't know. Like I would still kind of like make sure that they don't have like easy access to stuff that they definitely shouldn't be reading or watching but i think you kind of have to trust hey like at a certain point my child needs to be able to filter what's right and wrong and what's okay and not okay um and i think that's kind of how my my parents sort of did things like there were definitely like tv shows that they would be like oh i'd rather you not watch that or like um that kind of thing but for the most part I think they were okay with me like reading and like just sort of choosing what I want to watch um knowing that I'd be able to filter what's like real and what's okay and what's you know just something that they should know about or yeah so I don't know what that age exactly would be for I don't know but definitely like right through primary school I think I'd be like really wanting to know what kind of content he's consuming but after that I think I'd be a little bit like okay certain things he definitely shouldn't have access to but other things like he needs to I need to like make sure throughout primary school age that he has enough stuff um like he's got the abilities to filter things himself um and come to his parents if he like stumbles across things that he definitely shouldn't be reading or watching Yeah, I think about my own upbringing as well. So I, I would say that, like, I love my parents, but they're kind of your classic uh, Asian parents where mm. um, I didn't have any limitations when it came to screen time, didn't care about what I was reading. Um, they didn't monitor me at all because they were yeah. busy working, you know, busy trying to earn a living to raise yeah, up the kids. Parents, yeah. yeah, and so as a result, I unfortunately was exposed to a lot of things that were probably very unhelpful to me at a young age mm-hmm. um, with somewhat long-term consequences. Um, and I don't blame them for it. It just it, it, it just happened to be just 
what happened um and so a little part of me is like oh i don't want to do the opposite of that and like overly watch everything he's doing in fear of him being contaminated <laughs> i don't know by the things of this world but the truth is i don't think i'll ever be able to fully control that mm. um uh, yeah so ideally i'd love to cultivate a relationship with my boy or my future children where like yeah they would feel comfortable to come to us um, their parents to ask them the questions of hey I just read about this or mm. I'd like to be the one to have those conversations with them first about what does this mean and mm. what yeah why is this happening and hoping that we have a, a good um, communicative kind of relationship um, another factor is screen time um, screen time yeah because I think it's um, more common now yeah it's more common and actually sometimes it is just an, an easy win like if you're like at a work meeting or we have mm. to bring your kids and the easy way to just kind of calm them down or distract them is to put on a video mm. for them to watch mm. um and some do it more than others and so i i'm like hyper aware of screen time because i probably spend way too much time on my phone myself <laughs> i'm like what does this mean for my child mm. and i think the truth is your children will do what they see so if they see their parents on their phone constantly then naturally yeah. they're going to want to be on their they'll want to have their own device and they're going to want to be on their screens mm -hmm. so it's definitely made me also conscious about like whatever i want to model to, whatever i want my kids to be doing i have to model that to them mm. myself um yeah yeah so lots of different angles <laughs> and thoughts that i'm like ah mm. just getting past the baby phase first before getting set <laughs> yeah I think, no, I think when the time will come, you guys will find a good balance. And I think you guys are doing such a good job now. And, you know, I have, honestly, you guys are doing such an amazing job. And, yeah, that's why I wanted you guys to be on this show to shed some light, <laughs> to talk about parenting with real parents. <laughs> no, it was really good. Like, thanks, thanks for, for having us. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for talking on my podcast. Um, I look forward to like having you guys again and thanks so cool. much thank you <laughs> thanks for listening to our podcast today and i hope you enjoyed it, listening to parenthood and motherhood and make sure to give your mom a hug or say i love you to your mom today yes, yes. happy mother's day, happy mother's day. <laughs> thanks for listening bye bye, bye.